Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What we need is more common sense. More common sense. We've got to use plain old common sense. Breaking down the world's nonsense. About how American common sense will see us through. With the common sense of Houston. I'm just pro-common sense. For Houston, from Houston. Where are you talking about common sense? This is the Jimmy Barrett Show. Brought to you by ViewIn.com. Now, here's Jimmy Barrett. All right, what is pizza and what isn't? It's been a long time since since I talked about food on the show, and it, it uh, I'll be honest, I think a lot of it had to do with my my quest to lose weight, um, because talking about food all the time, <laughs> when you're trying to lose weight, tends to make you hungry, and things that make tend to make you hungry are the things that you really shouldn't eat that much of, and therefore I felt it was probably counterproductive, but I see stories all the time about foods. And I feel compelled to comment on them. And pizza is one of those foods that I always feel compelled to comment on. I don't know why. Probably because I have pizza rules. And it seems like all the rules have gone out the window when it comes to pizza. I don't even recognize what people are arguing about now when it comes to pizza. There used to be some really basic rules you could count on. That it was round. It was flat, it had tomato sauce, it had mozzarella cheese, and it had pepperoni. And yeah, you could throw some other stuff on there if you want, but those are the basic ingredients for pizza. Again, dough, round-shaped, tomato sauce, mozzarella cheese, pepperoni. Now, I know there's other things. There's other things that are in the tomato sauce, obviously. And lots of pizza places have their own custom sauces. And a lot of people think, well, yeah, well, pepperoni's okay, but what about this? There's a lot of things you can get on a pizza. But there are a lot of things you shouldn't get on a pizza and still call it a pizza. I'm sorry. Fruit should not go on a pizza. And even if you put the word dessert in front of it, you ever had dessert pizza? Even if you put the word dessert in front of it, it's not pizza. I mean, not in the truest sense of the word. Now, there's one thing I was, um, I've always been a big fan of. I haven't had it since I left Virginia well over four years ago. There's a place in Richmond called Ucrops grocery store, family-owned and operated grocery store, that made something called a breakfast pizza. Now, that's kind of stretching the definition. But this stuff was so good that I was willing to give it a pass. I can be negotiated with on my definitions. Now, this is going to sound horrible, but, it I mean, it was flat. It was round, really good crust. 
Really good crust. By the way, we can get into the debate if you want. What's more important to you, the toppings or the crust? But really good crust. It had it had mozzarella cheese. It did not have pepperoni. But it did have sausage. Remember now, this breakfast pizza. It had sausage. It had ham. And it had eggs. Not fried eggs. Like a scrambled egg type of mixture that, that cooked. You know, kind of a subtle thing. Oh my God, was that good. Then they shut down the grocery store, stopped making it, and drove me insane. I don't know any, I have yet to find anybody here in Houston that has a breakfast pizza. At least one that could even begin to stack up to that particular pe- breakfast pizza. But, but I digress. See, already, already in the pizza debate, I've moved out of the main, the main function here, which is to talk about, talk about what pizza is. What's pizza and what isn't? What got me going is this article I saw on a website called Eat This, Not That, where they started talking about all the different toppings, all these different kinds of pizza shops are, are putting on top of, of pizzas. And what the most popular toppings are on a coast-to-coast basis. Actually, they did it on a global basis. When it comes to a global preference, pepperoni is no longer number one. A company called Technomic polled thousands of consumers across 25 countries and determined the two top meat toppings on pizzas is... Chicken and ham tied at 53%. I do not put chicken on pizza. Because to put chicken on pizza, you'd have to use a white sauce. And a white sauce isn't pizza. So there you go. Ham's fine. How about pepperoni and ham? Bacon came in third, 41%. Salami. Fourth, 34%. Both are quite acceptable as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Believe it or not, I don't know where these places were, but coming after salami was shrimp and tuna. Really? Tuna? Tuna. It's bad enough in a casserole, let alone on top of a pizza. Then some of the more offbeat ground beef. I don't think ground beef's offbeat. Ground beef works. Chorizo and duck. I have never seen anybody offer duck on pizza. This must be in a part of the world where duck is far more popular than it is here in the United States. Of course, you know, the problem now is just about anything qualifies as pizza. All you have to seemingly do is put the name pizza on a pizza, and it's pizza. Nobody follows the rules. Nobody, nobody thinks you have to, it has to be red sauce anymore. There's, there's plenty of white sauce pizzas. I take it back. I did have chicken on a pizza once. It had, um, it was a flatbread, which a flatbread is not quite pizza. So maybe that's why I felt compelled that I could just go ahead and try that. A flatbread with what did it have? It had um, had the white sauce. It had chicken and it had spinach. It was actually good. I I, I enjoyed it, but I ration 
rationalized myself. I wasn't really eating pizza. It wasn't pizza. It's flatbread. It's different. Um, what's interesting, too, is, is kind of the history of pizza. You, know, you get outside of a New York and a Chicago, some of these big cities with, um, with high Italian populations, and most suburbanites didn't know what pizza was until the early 1960s, late 50s, early 60s. I remember as a real small kid, I mean like a, a, almost a toddler, my dad bringing home pizza for the first time. Uh, to our house, and, and we're all staring at this thing like, what is that? We'd never heard of pizza. Pizza? I'm dating myself here. Pizza? What's this? And it was so good. It became a regular Friday night treat. Of course, where I'm from originally, and I'm Ripsalani, Michigan, that is where Domino's Pizza began. That's where he got invented, by the way. The pizza shop, the first Domino's, which was actually called Dominic's at the time, actually was right across the street from my high school. Two brothers started it up. One of them sold out for a Volkswagen, and Tom Monahan was the one that became the billionaire. All right, back with more in a moment. Jimmy Barrett Show, AM 950 KPRC. All right, evidently there's been some sort of a shooting in Bryan. Um, involving at least six victims. One school has been placed on lockdown. I don't think it has anything to do with the school. I think it's just that it's close to the location of the shooting. Um, if you're not familiar, Brian is two hours northwest of Houston. It is um, out by Texas A&M, so I have no idea what uh, what the deal is there, but we'll let you know if we get more information uh, coming in. Astros, home opener tonight. Are you inclined to uh, hold the Astros any way responsible for Rob Manfred for Major League Baseball? Grab me the John Kennedy cut, by the way, Andrew. We'll work that into this, seeing how I brought up baseball. Oh, by the way, Andrew, no pineapple on pizza. I mean, you can have it. Just don't call it pizza. Anyway, we've got um, the home opener tonight. I think I think the Astros really need to, uh, to 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 go ahead and embrace the whole trash can thing. Although I don't think it's really gone that well. It didn't go that well in Oakland. <laughs> Oakland dropped four in a row to to the Astros. Uh, Astros split against um, the Angels in Anaheim. And by the way, they sh- the Astros should have won both of those games. So supposedly, some uh, Oscar the Grouch made an appearance at the Angels game. You know, Orbit looks suspiciously like uh, Oscar the Grouch. If, 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 has anybody ever seen Orbit and Oscar the Grouch in the same place at the same time? I, I'm really wondering about that. I, I wonder, I wonder uh, do you suppose that um, Oscar could be the, the father of the, illegi- of the illegitimate son called Orbit? <laughs> because they look a lot alike. I've never seen his parents. I have no idea. But at any rate, BYOTC. Bring your own trash can if you're if you're going to the Astros game. I, I don't feel the need to do that. I'm all over the whole cheating scandal thing. Uh, I'm pretty much already over Rob Manfred, at least as relates to you know whether or not I'm going to patronize the Houston Astros. What I do with the Astros will be will be whether or not I patronize them or I don't patronize them will be all about 
Jim Crane and the management of the Houston Astros. It will not have anything to do with Harris County. It won't have anything to do with Lockdown Lena. It won't have anything to do with, with Sylvester Turner. It won't have anything to do with Rob Manfred. And it sure as hell won't have anything to do with Joe Biden or any member of his administration. I can, I'm very narrow focused on that. You know, I heard Kenny riffing a little bit on boycotting things. I'm not the, I'm, I agree with him. I'm not the kind of person who sits there and say, well, I'm mad at Major League Baseball, or I'm mad at the NFL, or I'm mad at the NCAA, and therefore I'm not going to watch my favorite college team. I'm not going to watch my favorite baseball team. I'm not going to watch my favorite football team. I do not blame individual teams for the actions of their hierarchy. Just like I don't blame individual players for the actions of the players' union. I don't blame players who don't choose to kneel during the National Anthem for those who do. I don't. So I'm perfectly content rooting for the Astros. As is my... Here's the bottom line. My wife has become a huge Astros fan since we moved here to Houston. She's, she is not boycotting the Astros no matter what happens. No matter what happens. By the way, if you want to feel a little bit sorry for the Astros, um, the results have come in um, from last year. How much money individual teams lost due to the pandemic? No, I take that back. How much individual teams lost due to the shutdowns forced upon them by the pandemic. Whoop, I take that back again. That's that's wrong too. How much teams lost based on the shutdowns that were forced upon them by the states, the localities of of and and the hierarchy of their particular sport. Which is not to say if each team was given the individual opportunity to decide for themselves if they were going to be open for business, that they would have anyway. But it's really, it's really quite amazing. Houston Astros ranked in the top five for revenue losses during the 2020 season. They lost an estimated dollars one hundred and fifty-eight million. That places them fifth. Major League Baseball lost two billion four hundred seventy-four thousand seven hundred ninety-three thousand eight hundred and forty-nine dollars. They were like one hot dog short of two point five billion dollars. Top ten teams. Like I said, Astros were number five. Dodgers Dodgers were number one. They lost the most. most. Chicago Cubs, number two. Boston Red Sox, number three. New York Yankees, number four. Houston Astros, number five. And, and as you might expect, that those are that is the Los Angeles. This is the number one media market in the country. Chicago is, well, Los An- well, actually, New York is number one. Los Angeles would be number two. Chicago would be number three. Boston is top ten. And we are sixth as far as media markets go. So there's been a lot of money that got lost. 50% capacity for the game. I don't know if there's any tickets left for tonight's game or not. Roof will be open. 
I wonder how long that lasts. I'm guessing roof open is their way of saying, okay, we think it's safer if the roof is open. And it's not too bad yet. But at some point, it's going to get really hot. It's going to get really humid. And they're going to have a decision to make about whether or not they're going to play with the roof open or the roof closed. You have to wear a mask. Despite the statewide mandate being over and done with, it is the Astros policy that you have to wear a mask at all times unless you're eating or drinking, and that eating and drinking has to occur at your seat. There is no cash exchanging hands. You'll be paying for everything with a debit card if you do need. I think they, they have reverse ATM machines where you put cash in to get a card with that amount of money on it to use for purchasing things like beer, hot dogs, all the kinds of things you would normally eat at a, at a ballpark. I have to admit, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch the game tonight because it's been so long since I've seen Minute Maid Park. Oh, that's the other thing. That's the other part of the protesting. Minute Maid is owned by Coca-Cola. Huh. Coca-Cola is part of the problem in Georgia. One would guess that Coca-Cola will be part of the problem when we have new voter, voter ID laws or voter laws, voter uh, integrity laws here in Texas, which we will have. So how how's that going to work? That's going to be interesting to see, huh? Yeah, it's gotten complicated. Remember the good old days when you just, I just, you just watched the baseball game, and, and that's it. There, there were no politics. There were, there were, there was no protesting. There was no boycotting. You just watching baseball. It's gonna be tough to get back to that, isn't it? Back with more in a moment. Jimmy Barrett Show, AM nine fifty KPRC. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. All right, 3.32 our time here on AM 950 KPRC. Jimmy Barrett here on a Thursday. Um, another day full of, um, of gaffes, I guess. Um, Joe Biden, in introducing his new head of uh, ATF, called it AFT a couple of times, twice. He, he's confused. You know, he got his, he got his letters jumbled around. Um, ATF versus AFT. 
WTF, Joe. You would have thought you'd done that um, introduction enough times that that wouldn't be that hard to get right. By the way, we will get into the whole um, exec- executive order on guns thing. We're going to save that for next hour. About an hour from now, we have Edwin Walker, uh, Texas Law Shield, to talk about uh, what the president is proposing. Um, some of you, most of you are probably familiar with the term ghost gun. Um, but there's going to be a ban on ghost guns, which means that um, those of you who have the ability to make your own weapon, whether you're talking about a 3D model or otherwise, these are weapons that are not traceable because they don't have serial numbers. Um, they're, they're on the hit list of Joe Biden. Um, any gun that you make yourself is on the hit list of Joe Biden. Um, the uh, red flag laws are something that Joe Biden wants to go with. The thing that scares just about everybody on red flag laws, well, obviously not just everybody. It certainly doesn't scare Democrats. But the, the rest of us who consider ourselves law-abiding citizens, one of the things that scares us about that is 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 who who's responsible for deciding whether or not you should be red flag. Red flag means your weapon or your your weapons, your gun collection, whatever it is, would be temporarily taken taken away from you. You would get theoretically get due process, but would you get due due process in a timely way? How quickly would you potentially get your gun rights restored? How long would it take for you to have your hearing? What would it take? What would it take for you to be red flagged? You know, those are the questions that always exist in these types of things. And of course, here's the bottom line. Biden says this is only the beginning. This is just the start. Yeah, this is just a couple of things we're going to do right now. There's more coming. And Lord knows how far it's going to go. So we'll uh, we'll talk to Edwin Walker again just about an hour from now on all these things. All right. Hey, by the way, uh, Joe Biden has not been to the border. Joe Biden is not going to go to the border. Joe Biden basically doesn't even mention the border. He He gave that duty to his... Vice President Kamala Harris, she's she hasn't gone to the border. She shows no sign of going to the border. She has no interest, evidently, in going to the border. Evidently, she finally she finally got moved in to the vice presidential executive mansion, uh, which has been evidently undergoing some uh, some some work to make it more palatable to Ms. Harris, who evidently did not find the accommodations quite good enough. But evidently, they finally got it good enough that she was willing to move in. You know, she, like I said, she, she, she couldn't go to the border. It's because she can't leave Washington, D.C., right? That's got to be it. There's, there's important votes going on. She's got to be there. She can't go. No, that's not it. She went where? Oh, sh- Chicago. She went to Chicago, and she went to a, to, to a, to a what? To a, to a bakery? Um, a New York Post reporter, there, there are a handful of reporters that will actually ask a legitimate question during one of Jen Psaki's press conferences. This guy's from the Washington Post asking, um, you know, how is it that the vice president um, has time to go to a, a bakery in Chicago but does not have time to go to the border? Here's the question and the answer from Jen Psaki. She hasn't visited the border or Central America or spoken to leaders of El Salvador or Honduras. 
Um, she was traveling this week, took time to visit a bakery in Chicago. Um, I'm wondering, is she still working on this? And can you address the perception that she's kind of quietly backing off while Secretary Mayorkas is pursuing um, some Trump-era policies, such as potentially building new border barriers and potentially prosecuting people who illegally cross multiple times? There's a whole lot packed in there. So let me just see what I can do here. Um, first, I would say, uh, the vice president was visiting Chicago actually to talk about COVID and the importance of uh, communities getting the vaccine when it's available and accessible to them. And so while she was there, like many Americans, she got a snack. I think she's allowed to do that. A snack. She was there to get a snack. Well, no, she was she was she was there because of COVID. She was there to talk about the importance of getting a COVID vaccine. Um, I would suggest that that message might be better placed, I don't know, at the border where we have a lot of people, thousands of people coming over who have not been vaccinated, who are positive for COVID-19 and in many cases are not even getting tested and are being let loose into the country. You know, if, if, if COVID is so important that the vice president needed to get on board a plane to go to Chicago to talk about the importance of getting a vaccine, why is it not important at the border? Well, because yeah, <laughs> there's nothing to see at the border. What are you talking about? There's nothing going on. Unbelievable. Really is. Really, really is. One of my favorite rants, so you know, they gave uh, Greg Gutfeld. I, I'm a bit of a fanboy of, of Greg Gutfeld because I love his sense of humor. And they gave Greg Gutfield his own evening show on Fox. And and they just basically have turned him loose to just have some fun, no matter what the topic is. Last night, because it would appear at least one smart thing is happening, a change of heart over stopping the completion of the border wall. Evidently, uh, 46 has had a change of heart. And, well, at least, or maybe somebody told him, you know, maybe we should go ahead and, yeah, <laughs> you know, Phil, it's not really doing us much good to have these big gaps in the border wall. Maybe we should just go ahead and fill them. We won't tell anybody it's construction, though. It's just, yeah, we're just filling, we're filling a couple of gaps. Yeah, we're not bringing back the Trump border wall program. We're just, we're just filling some gaps here. Let's, let's go with that and see how this works. Here's Greg Gutfeld's reaction to that. All in all, it's just another gap in the wall. Yes, Mr. President, it's a lot to tackle when you're out of spackle. (laughs) An exclusive report in the Washington Times says Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, thank you, told his department that he may resume border wall construction to fill in the holes. (laughs) Mayorkas reportedly told ICE employees that although Biden has stopped any money from going to the wall, it leaves room to make decisions on finishing, quote, gaps in the wall, which, by the way, is still building a wall, you idiot. <laughs> what do you think walls do? <laughs> you don't put walls where there are walls. You put them where there are gaps. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Do I have to solve everything? Meanwhile, Republican Senator John Barrasso claims an administration official uh, told him and other senators while visiting the border to delete the photos they took of the migrant facilities housing children or wait to publish them during a Republican administration. That was a joke. Yeah, kind of. 
Um, oh, little update here. Nick uh, Reykjavik in our KTRH newsroom sent this along. Uh, police have confirmed multiple people shot during an incident that happened this afternoon at Campmore Cabinets in Bryan. Uh, the suspect in that shooting is still at large. Active manhunt is underway. Uh, there's an active police situation off of FM 2818 at Stone City Drive. Law enforcement responded to the scene. More than six people were injured. Several are in critical condition. Jane Long Intermediate School temporarily under a perimeter seal, but students were released to parents around normal dismissal time. Parents of students who walked home were asked to pick up their child at school. So that, that's what happened. A workplace shooting incident is what happened. Uh, disgruntled former employee? Probably. Probably. That's what it sounds like. At Kentmore Cabinets in Bryan, Texas. Okay, that's uh, that's the that's the latest of what we know about that. I'm sure there'll be more information as it becomes available, and as it does, we will make sure that we bring it here to you. Yeah. Oh, we were just talking about the border wall construction resuming again, filling filling in the gaps. Yeah, we're just going to fill in a few gaps. Representative Ilhan Omar, this is this has made her very unhappy. Representative Ilhan Omar has slammed President Biden and his administration for plans to resume construction to fill in the current gaps. Hmm. What is her problem with that, one wonders. She says it's shameful and unacceptable for the President of the United States to continue the construction of Trump's xenophobic and racist wall. Okay. So because it's Trump's wall... It's xenophobic and racist. You mean now that it's Biden's wall, it's still xenophobic and racist? Huh. Her tweet comes after Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas reportedly told department employees last week construction might ramp up again to fill in the current gaps. Mayorkas said that though the president stopped Pentagon funds from going to the wall and ended... Trump's border emergency designation, he said that leaves room to make decisions on finishing some of the gaps in the wall. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Customs and Border Patrol reportedly also have submitted a plan on the wall to administration officials. According to, um, according to Mayorkas, it's not a single answer to a single question. There are different projects that the chief of the Border Patrol has presented and the acting commissioner, CBP, presented to me. He said the president has communicated quite clearly his decision that the emergency that triggered the devotion of DOD funds, that's Department of Defense, to the construction of the border wall is ended, but that leaves room to make decisions at the, as the administration, and as parts of the administration in particular, areas of the wall that need renovation, particular projects that need to be finished. So there you go. But... Ilhan Omar, he says it's it's xenophobic and racist to not have a gap in the wall. 
Interesting. Not really. That's exactly what I expect her to say. That's not interesting at all. Have yourself uh, a, a, a good couple of minutes. We're taking a quick break. Back with more in a moment. Jimmy Barrett Show, AM 950 KPRC. All right. Corporate taxes. Talk about corporate taxes here for a second because um, evidently 46 is waffling a little bit now. He Right now it's at 21%. And he wants to take it up to 28%. And people like Joe Manchin are saying, no, 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 that's too much. That's too much. So now he's acting like maybe I could compromise at 25%. Now, my guess is, because Joe Biden is a horse trader from way back when, and in his case, I think I literally mean that. He's probably old enough to have actually been a horse trader when they traded horses like this. So he might actually have been planning this all along. But the part that the part that kind of stuck out to me was when he said why he wanted to raise the corporate income tax, corporate tax rate, I should say, to twenty eight percent. He said he wanted to do it because he's sick and tired of ordinary people being fleeced, while large firms get away with little or no income taxes. Oh, that okay. So he's not sick and tired of you and me getting fleeced. He just thinks that we're being fleeced and he hasn't been able to fleece the corporations as effectively as we have been fleeced. Those of us who are members of the middle class. He cited a report that indicated 55 large U.S. companies paid no federal income tax last year because they lost their asses. You want to know how you don't pay any federal income tax? You lose a crap load of money is how you do it. Unless you are making toilet paper, can you understand why maybe a corporation might have lost money last year? I just, you know, for all practical purposes, Major League Baseball is a corporation. They lost well over $2 billion last year. The Astros lost like $128 million last year. That's a big loss. I'm guessing they're not paying much in the way of taxes for this for, for, for this past year. They lost their butts. Now, I would also point this out to the president. If he really is sick and tired of ordinary people being fleeced, then the worst thing you could do would be to raise corporate taxes. If there's one thing we know about corporations that has been true as long as corporations have been around and will always be true is that the more it costs them to do business, the more they charge for their product. The more more they charge for their product, the more it hits you in the wallet. So if they have to pay higher corporate taxes or they have to pay more for supplies and the materials to do business what's going to happen prices are going to go up and guess who pays for that you and me how is it that i'm I'm pretty sure he understands that i'm pretty sure that most at least the democrats that still remember capitalism 
I think they understand that. I just wonder why it's been such a hard message to get Americans to understand. Yeah, go get those corp- those bad corporations. Do you really think there's anything the government's going to do that isn't going to end up costing you more money? Really? In addition to that, plenty of companies will do what they did last time. They'll leave. They'll leave. The only way they won't is if somehow the federal government comes up with a successful way to punish them for leaving, make it impossible for them to leave, in which case prices will go up even more. Uh, By the way, Biden wasn't done. He also assailed the benefits showered into the highest-earning Americans under the Trump administration 2017 tax cut, saying, I didn't hear any of our friends who are criticizing this plan say that the corporate tax cut, which added $2 trillion to the debt, wasn't paid for, the vast majority of which went to the top 1% of the wage earners. So, you know, of, of the money, of the money... <laughs> uh, I get so so tired of trying to make sense out of this for, for, for myself and for others. It's really quite simple. When you give when you charge corporations less, maybe it is two trillion less that you're collecting. But you also encourage more businesses to operate out of out of our country, which provides more jobs and better wages and does provide I don't know the exact amount, but it does provide for a lot more in income tax earnings for average Americans. So you may have given them $2 trillion in cuts, but that does not necessarily mean that there was $2 trillion worth of tax loss. It's just coming from a different source now. But again, that's one of those concepts that, uh, that requires a little, a little thinking and there are a lot of people out there who really don't want to do that because that's that that's work and we seem to be hell-bent on training people to not work you know of all the things that have been proposed the scariest thing I've heard in the last week is this idea and it's a it's a scarily easy thing to sell to folks this idea that you should get paid, what they say, it was something, just under $4,000 per child every year. Now they talk about it like a tax credit. You know, you file your income taxes and you get to deduct almost $4,000 from your income. But that's not what they're talking about in this particular case. They're not talking about a tax deduction. They're talking about an actual monthly stipend of $3,000 per month. If you had one child, uh, round it up to four, it's closer to four than it's the three, far closer to four. Just was easier for me to do the math. Math is not my strong suit. So you have one child under this plan, and I'm guessing it would be based on income. But let's say you're not working. You got no income. No income. Um, $4,000 per child. You have one child. That means you'd be making $48,000 a year. 
just for having a child. If you had two children, you'd be making $96,000 a year. If you had three children, you'd be making a six-figure salary. Not for working, not for producing, not for contributing, but for having kids. This is kind of the ultimate welfare state, is it not? There, can you imagine the current welfare state? If you could get $4,000 a month per child? Holy moly! I can't, I can't even imagine that getting any serious consideration. That's pie in the sky, right? It's got to be pie in the sky. But there are people out there who are proposing these things. There are people out there who really just want us to stay home and wait for the government to provide us with housing, with food, with our education, with everything. Everything you need to live. Now, that may sound like utopia to some people, but that sounds like a great reason not to not bother getting out of bed tomorrow morning for me. I don't. Why would I get out of bed if I had nowhere to go and nothing to do to be even semi-productive? That's a scary thought. All right, Fox News next, hour number two. Right around the corner, Edwin Walker will join us here on AM 950 KPRC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What we need is more common sense. More common sense. We've got to use plain old common sense. Breaking down the world's nonsense. About how American common sense will see us through. With the common sense of Houston. I'm just pro-common sense. For Houston, from Houston. Where is talking about common sense? This is the Jimmy Barrett Show. Brought to you by ViewIn.com. Now, here's Jimmy Barrett. Hour number two coming up. Edwin Walker, Texas Law Shield, coming up here at 432. We're going to talk about uh, Biden today and uh, what he did through executive order. Just the beginning. And, you know, no surprise. You knew it was coming. Just a matter of when. So what is it we are supposedly doing? I'll just run through the list. Like I said, we'll get Edwin Walker on here at 432 and have him uh, go through these these point by point. Um, Rules on ghost guns. You've heard the term ghost guns. Um, It is in order for the Justice Department to come up with regulations on unregistered firearms assembled from parts. Ghost guns... um, are not traceable. Ghost guns could be could include like the uh, the 3D printer guns that they can make. So, 
What kind of rules do we suppose the justice? Well, we'll talk to Edwin about this, but what? You know, maybe we can think a little bit about this too. What kind of rules do you suppose they can come up with for a three D printed gun, for example? What kind of a rule could they come up with that somehow is going to make that gun safer? How many? How many crimes are being committed? How many mass shootings are being committed by ghost guns? Is that really a problem? Tighter controls on pistols. The department must make sure pistols that are fitted with stabilizing braces, essentially turning them into rifles, are regulated under the National Firearms Act. The uh, suspect in the recent Boulder, Colorado shooting used an adapted pistol. The only thing I can determine that's any different about this than any other than any other um, rifle, if you will, is that supposedly it's easier to hold. E- easier to hold. Is that <laughs> does that make something more deadly because it's easier to hold? Uh, resources for prevention measures. Joe Biden will tell agencies to pump more resources into community violence prevention measures and the Justice Department to suggest red flag laws that give family members steps to take firearms away from those who deem a threat. I will say that I think family members are part of the problem because family members quite often are in denial. They are in denial about the mental health of the people in their family and seem to be less inclined to report a family member. It's also interesting to me that the same people that seem to be in denial about a family member's mental health condition are the first ones to blame mental health when something goes wrong. In which case you have to say, well, you, you, you knew, or you suspected, or you thought this person was a real danger to himself and to others. Why didn't you do anything? And sometimes, in fairness, sometimes they do. Sometimes they contact law enforcement, and law enforcement says, well, they haven't done anything. We can't do anything. The part about red flag laws that concern me is how they can be misused. So I would have to see real specifically exactly what's in there before I can, before I can you know, say that that's something that can be worked with or not worked with. Um, officials said they would also be encouraging congressional Democrats to pass more regulations on gun control. Of course, like I said, just the start. The start of the proverbial slippery slope is what we're looking at here. That's what has everybody worried. Because I think most Democrats have made it pretty doggone clear that um, this is something that's on their radar. This is something they've been wanting to do for decades. And they now sense that this is the best time to get this done. They have a long time had an obsession with guns. And now they have an opportunity to act upon it. And they don't want to waste the opportunity. But again, for today, 
you know, we have to deal with what we have to deal with. So we will go ahead and uh, get uh, Edwin Walker in here coming up in the next 22 minutes to get his thoughts on on the executive action that was taken today. Hey, speaking of uh, I'm just James checking in from my old old stomping grounds in Detroit, Michigan. You see GM shutting down additional plants. Chip shortage. Guess where the chips come from? Many of them come from China. Global chip shortage. Which means that if your vehicle breaks down and it needs a chip, and chances are it does, because everything on your car or truck these days is computerized, what is the likelihood you're going to be able to get it fixed? Global chip shortage right now is to blame. They're shutting down plants over this. Company announces shutting down two U.S. plants, Spring Hill, Tennessee, and Lansing, Delta Township, Michigan. Also extending shutdowns at the Fairfax Assembly Plant in Kansas City, Kansas, and the Cami Plant in Ingersoll, Ontario, which have both been idle since February, February the 8th. And they'll continue the shutdown at the Lansing Grand River Assembly Plant, which has been down since the 15th of March. In addition, GM is holding Chevy Blazer production at the Ramos Assembly Plant in Ramos, Mexico, for the week of April 19th. Although they will still be building the Chevy Equinox, GM is building or bringing some plants back online as it tries to avoid shortages of certain vehicles. Uh, the assembly plant in Wentzville, Ohio, for example, makes mid-sized pickup trucks. They're going to resume production this coming Monday. They've been down since March 29th. This has been a real problem. Yeah, Edward, you're right. I bet China doesn't have a computer chip shortage. No, I bet they don't either. I bet you're absolutely right about that. Yep. Not, not a whole lot of things you can make right now if you don't have the computer chips to make them. Quick little break. Back with more in a moment. Jimmy Baird Show, AM 950 KPRC. All right, let's do a little woke talk here for the next uh, next 10 minutes or so. Um, you know, I talked a little about this last hour, and I feel I feel the need to pontificate on that further. Um, it, because actually, uh, uh, Kenny Webster started this whole thing off in his show in the two o'clock hour when he talked about how he really doesn't believe in boycotting companies or products. He just believes in throwing his business to like-minded companies and products. So, for example, if you don't like what American Airlines stands for, then you know, do your best to not fly American Airlines. If you don't like United Airlines and what they stand for, it's a little tough out of Houston, but try not to fly United Airlines. If you don't like what Major League Baseball has done, that's a little tougher. I don't feel compelled to punish the Houston Astros. Although if Jim Crane all of a sudden gets all full-blown woke and lets me know how woke he is, then I would be less inclined to support the Astros too, I suppose. I'm not going to boycott them. I just won't buy a ticket to the game. I I love John Kennedy's take, by the way, as I generally do. John, in case you haven't figured out, I'm a big fan of the Louisiana Senators. He was he was um, he was talking on Fox about Major League Baseball, and and uh, the situation in Georgia. Here's what he said. Turn baseball into a blue sport. It just really makes me want to heave. You know, I mean, it's I, I 
whether you agree or disagree with the Georgia law, I don't think any of us, I know I don't, want to have to think about politics when we watch baseball. And what disturbs me equally about Mr. Manford's decision is he hasn't explained it. Hmm. Um, he hasn't explained why he thinks that Georgia's law, which I think was an honest effort toward election integrity, is racist. Now, Mr. Manfred, he looks like a smart guy. He went to Cornell. He graduated from Harvard Law School. Uh, he probably washed his hands before it was cool. I, I think if he's going to do this to Major League Baseball, he owes an, an explanation. Well, maybe, you know, maybe the, his fellow members at Augusta National Golf Club in uh, Georgia because after all, the Masters is being played this, this week, started today, in fact, in Augusta. Maybe, maybe his fellow members there will ask him, what are, you, what are you doing? I don't think he's asked them to move their golf tournament out of Augusta, Georgia, right? Can you imagine the Masters being anywhere other than Augusta National? I don't think he's even asked his fellow members at Augusta to change the name of the golf tournament from the Masters. If, if we can't call it a master bedroom, how are we going to call it a master's golf tournament? Wow. It is so funny, is it not, how we pick and choose what we're going to be offended by? And, and here's the other thing that makes, makes all this really kind of difficult. If, if you really want to, if you're one of those people who I'm going to boycott. I'm, you know what? Coke sucks. I'm not going to ever drink Coca-Cola again. You know, because you because of what Coca-Cola Corporation did as far as coming out in an ever-so-woke manner. The thing you have to remember about most of these companies is Coca-Cola is the tip of the iceberg. It's just a little part of the, the company. Coca-Cola is the name. So everybody's thinking, I'm just not going to drink any Coke. And I won't drink any Diet Coke, and I won't drink any Coke Zero. There, that'll teach them. I'll drink Dr. Pepper. Better for you anyway. Well, that's great, but they have a few other products. Sprite, that's theirs. Fanta, that's theirs. Dasani, the water, bottle of water, that's theirs. Smart Water, that's theirs. Minute Maid, oh, you mean like Minute Maid Park? Yep. Minute Maid is theirs. That was the first thing that Coca-Cola bought outside of the world of soft drinks. Minute Maid. Over 100 different varieties of Minute Maid drinks. Oh, Simply Orange. That's a Coke product. Powerade. That's a Coke product. Vitamin Water. That's a Coke product. Fuse is a Coke product. Honest Tea is a Coke product. Those are all sold by Coca-Cola. Those are all owned by Coca-Cola. So when you get one of these big, woke corporations that have their tentacles into a whole bunch of other things, I mean, if you really want to go the boycott route, you got a lot of things to eliminate and a lot of research to do. Because there, there, there are a lot of things 
that are owned by companies that nobody even realizes are owned by, by companies. You know, one company buys out another company to buy out another company, and they're all owned by the same people. And then you go, oh, wait a minute here. Now i got quite a list I have to work on. Oh, by the way, speaking of Georgia and CEOs, Brian Kemp, who's been forced to kind of grow up here, he was a squishy Republican at best during the election, warning CEOs that the state cannot be bullied, that, that, that the state had already told them about what was in the Georgia voter law. Here he is at a press conference yesterday. Well, I, I can tell you that we were not wavering. For anybody that's out there thinking that any kind of snowball effect is going to have an effect on me, it will not. Because we have... We have worked in good faith with the business community, with the chambers of commerce, with some of these same companies that have flip-flopped on this issue. We have worked with their folks and they were, they knew exactly what was in this bill. And I let prior statements and statements after that speak to that fact. But I know in my heart what is in this bill. This bill is creating more accessibility and for us to continue to have better processes in the state that are secure for every voter, no matter who you are. And I don't think we need to apologize one bit for that. You don't. You don't. You mean, you mean it's not Jim Crow 2.0? By the way, coming after us now, this is from the NBC News website. Texas lawmakers advance restrictive bill, restrictive election bill. Texas lawmakers, according to this story, advanced a restrictive election bill out of a House committee. Despite major criticism from Democrats, corporations, and voting rights advocates. And it goes on from there. Yep. Yep, we're going to get the Georgia treatment here in Texas. We might get it even worse than Texas. They might pile on even more because there's so, there's so much more to not like about Texas if you're a liberal. Back with more in a moment. Edwin Walker. Texas Law Shield to talk about those Biden executive actions. We'll talk to him next, AM 950 KPRC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, executive actions on guns today, and it's just the start. I think he made that pretty clear. 46 minutes, pretty clear. It is just the start. I... I hate to think what's coming next. There's there's nothing he said today that scares the crap out of me, but my my guess is it it, it might scare the crap out of Edwin Walker with Texas Law Shield. Um, first of all, let me get your thoughts on, on the actions he took today. Let's start with ghost guns. For those who have no idea what a ghost gun is, what is a ghost gun and what does Biden want to do about them? 
Sure. And uh, just just as a as a preface, yes, there were plenty of things that he said that were that were scary, um, and and his use of the language. Uh, obviously is designed to scare people who don't know anything about guns, uh, one of the terms being ghost gun. Now, of course, ghost gun is a very scary term, but what it simply means is it means that uh, an individual has decided to make his own firearm rather than buy one from a commercial manufacturer. So that's all that means, and it is a right that we have held since the beginning of the republic. In fact, it's a human right that we have had since the beginning of humanity, the right of an individual to make their own weapon for their own self-defense, and that includes uh, firearms. Now, in particular, what what the part that he is seeking to regulate is what is called the receiver, in which an operational receiver uh, basically ties all the parts of the gun together. You have to have the receiver. The receiver contains the trigger mechanism and all the springs and levers that causes the gun to fire. A receiver is the part of a firearm that is regulated as a firearm. Uh, There are blocks of metal that the ATF has determined is uh, 80% of a receiver. And those are perfectly legal to sell because they're blocks of metal. They're inoperable blocks of metal. And it allows somebody to finish out the remaining 20% and therefore build their own firearm. Um, so now those do not have to be serialized because they do not come from a commercial manufacturer. Uh, so, uh, and if an individual makes it and then puts it into the stream of commerce, they are actually committing a crime. And so the mass distribution of ghost guns is a non-issue. It doesn't exist. It's already prohibited by the law. And so what what he's seeking to do is basically effectively uh, regulate out the ability of an American to build their own firearm, something they have enjoyed for the, you know, since the beginning of the Republic. Well, and something that becomes critically important, does it not, Edwin, if at some point in time down the line so many regulations are put on gun actual gun manufacturers that getting it actually made by a Smith & Wesson or whomever weapon becomes virtually impossible to get, and you want to have your own weapon, that would be the only means left to you would be to build your own, and then that becomes, if that's already illegal to do, then what, right? Well, correct. And this is, you know, these these gun regulations are going to come incrementally. Um, Certainly there are anti-gun advocates out there that want them to come uh, faster and all at one time. But yes, that is, this is the proverbial camel's nose coming under the tent. First, you make it impossible, you make it illegal for people to make their own guns, and then you heavily regulate the ability of licensed manufacturers to make guns. You obviously restrict people's ability to get them, uh, and you just come right out. In fact, he said it in his speech today that he wants to ban his, you know, what are what are quote unquote assault weapons. Uh, they are not assault weapons. They are not weapons of war, contrary to what he says. Um, they include almost all semi-automatic rifles, many semi-automatic handguns and many semi-automatic shotguns. So that's what they're talking about when they talk about assault weapons. And he wants to ban all these. And, of course, we know through the course of history that what follows a ban, well, what follows a ban is registration and confiscation. Right. I'm guessing, too, covered under ghost, the term ghost guns, if we want to use that term, would be things like uh, 3D-printed guns, correct? 
yes, any gun that an individual makes for themselves, like I said, I want, I want to make sure your audience understands this absolutely clear. If you make guns and you distribute them or sell them to other people, you're already committing a crime. Okay, so where he's not talking about regulating, this is not the, the Wild West. It's not like we live in a land of no firearms laws or regulations. They already exist. We are solely talking about pe- firearms that people have the ability to make for themselves. Okay. He also instituted tighter control on pistols that are fitted with stabilizing braces. Dear as I can tell, this, this brace evidently was used by the suspect in the Boulder, Colorado shooting. Basically, it allows you to adapt a pistol, correct, into something that, that behaves more like a, a rifle. It just makes it comfortable, more, more e- a little easier to aim and to shoot. It is... It, it is, it, is, it is not a weapon of mass destruction by any stretch of the imagination. So what's the problem with, with a stabilizing brace? Yes, the stabilizing brace, which, again, just to point out how they uh, are altering the language to make things seem scary and dangerous, is that according to the administration, according to Joe Biden and his Attorney General Merrick Garland, uh, these will now no longer be known as uh, stabilizing braces, but they will be now known as uh, concealable assault weapons. Uh. And so what a stabilizing brace does, it was a device that was invented about 10 years ago, and it was actually invented to assist uh, wounded veterans in being able to regain their ability to shoot a handgun. And so what it does is it's just simply a piece of plastic and Velcro that that attaches to the end of a pistol, and it wraps around the, the wraps around the forearm, wraps around the wrist, and you're able to then hold uh, hold the pistol in a in a more stable way. So it's for people who have the diminished ability to hold a pistol. The ATF has already come out and said if you modify it so that it acts like a stock, that's illegal. If you use it as a stock, that's illegal. And so the the regulations that he's seeking to impose already exist. What he wants is, uh, and get this, for any of you in the audience that have firearms that have stabilizing braces on them, he wants to uh, make these regulated under the National Firearms Act, which would mean that you would have to uh, you would have to register each one of your stabilizing braces. Uh, you would have to get approval from the ATF then to possess that stabilizing brace. Uh, and most importantly, of course, to the government, pay a $200 tax for the ability to have that brace, uh, even a brace that you may already own. And so mm-hmm. this is you know, clearly an ex post facto law, which we do not believe is constitutional. We're talking to Edwin Walker, Texas Law Shield here on AM 950 KPRC. The other thing that got brought up today was red flag laws. Those get brought up all the time. Um, we already have, do we not? Uh, red flag laws in effect. We already family members already have the ability to report to law enforcement any concern they have with a relative who may be mentally unstable and in possession of a weapon. So, what is it that Biden wants to do with red flag laws that doesn't exist now? Well, yes, you're correct. Here in Texas, specifically, uh, we have Texas Health and Safety Code Chapter 573, which allows the police to respond to somebody who is having a mental crisis and allows them to, without a warrant, confiscate all their firearms. 
So we already have this law in Texas. What they are seeking is they are seeking a broad, vague, amorphous law that would allow a, a very large group of people the ability to claim that another individual is, quote-unquote, dangerous without any qualifications or definitions or limitations on what the word dangerous means. Uh, it can include speech, it can include conduct, it can include just simply the fact that somebody owns a firearm. Uh, it's very subjective, and what it would allow, uh, what it would allow, is for these people to go in secret to a court, get an order, and for the police just to show up at somebody's door and say, "Guess what? We got an order from a judge in a hearing that you weren't allowed to participate in, and we're here to take all your guns." Now, tell me that isn't a recipe for disaster. Now, tell me there's any due process associated with that, not to mention the fact that but what happens once they confiscate your guns? How long is it before you get a hearing to get those weapons returned to you? Well, you have to request, generally under the laws, you would have to request a hearing within 30 days. They would have a hearing, and then the judge, you know, the, the standard is not beyond a reasonable doubt as to whether or not you are a danger to yourself. And again, like I said, there's no definition. And so this judge would be allowed to make up his own definition of what is dangerous. Perhaps you posted something on Facebook that he didn't like. Perhaps just the fact that you have, you know, you have 10 guns, and my God, oh, nobody's a, nobody should have 10 guns. It all comes down to the subjective belief of the judge as to whether or not to impose or enforce this red flag uh, gun confiscation order. Uh, and the thing about it is, is that there's, there's really no evidence that this works or effective. Um, you know, obviously, one of the more recent tragedies we had was the Boulder shooting. Uh, Colorado has, has recently been the poster child for new gun legislation. They have a red flag law. Uh, there's even been reports that members of his family were very concerned that he had gotten a firearm, uh, but yet the, the red flag law didn't stop it, and the people who were concerned did nothing to affect, you know, to affect the use of this law. And so you can have all the laws you want, but unless they are enforced or unless there's, you know, if there's some sort of human failing of some type, there still will be these unfortunate, tragic situations. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times that's just human nature. It's evil human nature, but human nature nonetheless. And so uh, the thing about it is, is that we should concentrate on enforcing the laws we have. That's one thing that's really annoying to me whenever anti-gun folks speak, is they talk to the public as if we are living in a system that has no regulation or legislation whatsoever affecting uh, guns and gun rights. They act as if we are starting from ground zero, that yep. every felon has legal access to a gun, uh, there's no laws that would cause them to be prosecuted, and that's why, by God, we need more quote-unquote common-sense gun regulation. Um, keep in mind, we, we, we've had, you know, since the Gun Control Act of 1968, we've had 52 years of quote-unquote common-sense gun regulation. And the thing about it is, is that at some point, um, due to this incremental loss will lead to the loss of every single one of our gun rights. Well, you talk about incrementalism. You, my fear is, is that this is all part of a plan. We will, we will propose all these "quote unquote" common sense gun laws. They won't make a difference. They won't work. So we have no choice now but to take your guns away. We will have to confiscate them. At at that point, don't you think that's what the goal is? 
Oh, absolutely. In fact, um, I fully anticipate that being one of the lines, uh, one of the uh, the lines of propaganda that, that arises from this Boulder shooting is that they're going to say, look, see, we, we live in Colorado, got tons of gun laws, got a red flag law, still didn't stop this person from shooting up. The only thing that will stop them in the future is that we just simply take all the guns. That's all absolutely right. going to be their argument in the future. Edwin, thanks so much for joining me today. Appreciate your time, sir. Take care. Be well. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yep, you bet. Edwin Walker, Texas Law Shield, joining us here on AM 950 KPRC. One more break. Back with our final segment in just a moment here on AM 950 KPRC. All right, final segment coming up here for today. Man, we've we've covered a lot of ground. Let's listen. I was just thinking about this during the break, though. You know, I'm listening to, to, to Edwin Walker talking about all the gun laws we already have, how they haven't made much of a difference, how we have selectively... Here's the big part. How we have selectively enforced them. Here's, here's a question. Should it be illegal for you to abandon a working weapon across the street from a schoolhouse in a garbage can? Should it be illegal for you to lie on an application for a firearm about your drug use? Oh, wait, it is? Well, then, why don't we prosecute these crimes Probably depends on who does it. Yeah, you think? I mean, it's pretty hard for me to take seriously a message of being tough on guns from the President of the United States whose son lied on an application for a firearm who, along with his honey at the time, his, not just his honey... But his 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 sister-in-law abandoned a gun in a trash can. Yeah. So we're gonna hassle people who are responsible gun owners to try to make up for the people who are not responsible gun owners, and then we're not gonna prosecute the res- the irresponsible ones. What's the point? What's the point? And I guess, what's the point of taking your guns away from you? If, if the point is to eliminate crime, it's not going to happen. You can confiscate every weapon you can find in this country, and it will not eliminate crime, and it will not eliminate murders, and it will not eliminate illegal firearms. There are already enough illegal firearms to keep the underground well-armed, for the foreseeable, if not distant, future. It won't prevent mass shootings. It won't prevent attacks on police officers. In fact, the attack on the police officer, let's, let's remember the, the, the Capitol Police officer that was attacked by the black nationalist. Not, not only did they not make a big deal out of that because it was a black nationalist and a follower of Louis Farrakhan 
But also, he didn't use a gun. He used a knife. He killed the police officer with a knife. Are we going to put a serial number on every knife? Are we going to register your kitchen knives? Because you might use them to murder somebody? How many how many shows have you watched on, on one of the crime? What does that tell us about that? How many crime channels do we have on cable TV now? My my wife loves to watch like shows like Snapped. That scares me a little bit. A show that is about women killing their boyfriends and their husbands because they just snapped. Yeah, that that uh, <laughs> that makes me very uncomfortable. But you watch enough of those shows and you realize there's so many deadly weapons out there that have nothing to do with guns. Knives and baseball bats and golf clubs and ball peen hammers. There's so, there is, I could probably, if, if you put me on a mission right now, if I put you on a mission right now, like, like, uh, kind of like a scavenger hunt, all right, here's what I want you to do I want you to go through your house and I want you to find. Anything you could use to kill another human being and bring it and put it into a pile. How many things do you think you could collect from around your house? Um, I got a set of kitchen knives. I could put that into the pile. If I went, went out into the garage, I've got pruning shears. Um, I've, got, I've got a really heavy shovel. Um, if I go to my toolbox, I've got a, a bunch of hammers. I've I've got you know I've got saws. Now the saw wouldn't come in handy until after the fact. I'd use the hammer and then I'd just get rid of you with the saw. Um, you could probably come up with at least six to eight items, I would think, in any household that could be used to kill or maim individuals that have nothing to do with guns. But we are singularly and always have been singularly obsessed with a gun. And I guess we always will be, won't we? No, I think the reason you can't really make a case when it comes to crime in guns, if, if, if you're really going to be serious about it, but I guess where you have to make your case and this is what you can't tell the American people is we really would like to get your gun because we're a little bit afraid of you. We're afraid you might fight back. At some point, you might fight back. Not that you stand much of a chance fighting back with that pistol or with that rifle compared to what the government could bring at you, but I think the whole idea that there's a citizen citizenry out there that could fight back <laughs> scares the heck out of some members of government. All right, have yourself a great evening. See you tomorrow morning with Sheriff Fryer, Friday edition of Houston's Morning News starting at 5 a.m. on KTRH, back here at 3 on AM 950, KPRC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.